apps can do a lot of cool things. You could order dinner, gamble on your favorite team, and track your health. You could even get a mortgage. One click and you can be approved. I'm not sure by who or what country they're in. You deserve more from the mortgage industry. At AnyMac Home Mortgage, we believe in the need for live human interaction during a very complex process. The kind of service and guidance which an app simply can't provide. Our customers are more than credit scores and income documents. They're individuals and families who live in and strengthen our communities. Their story is our story, and that story begins in a home. Chris Sawyer is an expert on providing superior customer service and in meeting the mortgage needs of current and future home buyers. With over 18 years of experience in the industry, Chris is able to help customers migrate through the home buying and home financing process by using his wealth of knowledge as a well-qualified mortgage professional. And best of all, Chris is located in Cromwell, Connecticut, where he has helped hundreds of clients in Connecticut, Massachusetts, and Rhode Island make their dreams of homeownership a reality. Visit chrissawyer.annie-mac.com, email him at csawyer at annie-mac.com, or give him a call, 860-878-8730. Chris Sawyer, NMLS number 39345, corporate NMLS number 338923, Annie Mac Home is an equal housing lender. American Neighborhood Mortgage Acceptance Company, LLC, DBA, Annie Mac Home Mortgage, Lo-Fi Direct, Connecticut First Mortgage Correspondent, License Lender, Broker Number, ML 338923, Massachusetts Mortgage Lender, and Mortgage Broker License Number, MC 338923, Rhode Island License Lender, License Number 20112810L. Call for additional details. Jones on first down, wide open, it's Barkley, and Saquon Barkley will take it into the end zone. Your best ability is availability. Saquon Barkley, he's great when he's on the field, but the problem is since 2018, he hasn't been healthy for this team. Look at this, they lob it to him, he taps it in off the glass. How about that? Porter Moser, I think right now is the best coach in college basketball, hands down. Finch, two for three, he's done his part. Pitch is drilled to deep right field toward the pole, and it is gone. They don't mind not being what they were in the 90s as the best organization in baseball, because the Yankees are not they're even close to the best organization in baseball. They're trying to be the Rays, and the Rays do this for a reason. Like, you're the Yankees. Welcome to Sports Talk with RJ. I am Steve Risser, along here with Justin Anafrio. And week 15 is upon us, and we got a big game to start in week 15 with the Dallas Cowboys and the Buffalo Bills. Dak Prescott, he's playing MVP-level football right now. He is my pick to win the MVP. He has been that good this year. And we got the Buffalo Bills. We got a huge win. I know it was a controversial call, but I think it was the right call against the Kansas City Chiefs. So a big game between the two teams. And I think this game is going to be really close, really competitive. I think both quarterbacks are going to play really well. I think Dak's still going to play really good football. I still, I think Josh Allen's going to play really good football. I think it's going to go back and forth. But at the end, I'm going to take the home team here. I'm going to take the home team, the team that needs this game, the team that needs to win this game. Because don't forget, the Bills are the number 11 seed, number 11 seed in the AFC right now. Even though they're seven and six, there's a bunch of seven and six teams in the AFC. So I think this is going to be a really, really close, really competitive game. But in the end, I am going to take the Bills to beat the Cowboys 27 24. But Justin, can Dak continue to stay hot? And get the Cowboys to eleven and three. No, I get the Bills as well in this one, twenty to twenty-four. Um, yeah, you know, the Bill. I mean, the Cowboys. The way their offense been clicking all year, especially at home, um, is been, been unbelievable. But now you're kind of going up to Buffalo. There's a good chance it's going to rain and be windy in those conditions. So I think that might slow down the Cowboys' offense a little bit in this one. And 
you know, Josh Allen has thrown an interception in nine straight games. So I, I could see the Cowboys kind of uh, benefiting off of one of those scoring a touchdown. But, you know, Bills at home, it's again, yeah, you mentioned, you know, they're still the 11th seed. You know, they're, you know, they, they're, uh, they lost, they, you know, they're right now kind of, they haven't won or they're going to lose most of the tiebreakers right now. So they got to keep winning these games here. And I think the Bills kind of find a way. And I think um, for the Cowboys, too, they got to kind of play from in front to kind of neutralize that Bills um, pass rush that's been so good. Because it feels like with the Bills, when they kind of get behind and you're able to kind of run the football is when they've struggled this year. So, um, you know, Cowboys get in front. I think they, they got a good chance in this one. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, if there's a cow. Yeah, you made a good point. The Cowboys get up, get out in front. They they do have a good chance, but I just think that uh, I think the Bills got momentum, and I think that you know I know Dallas is playing really well, but I just think you know at home the Bills got a lot of momentum of their win last week against Kansas City, and I just think it continues this week. I, I mean, I think this is gonna it's gonna be a great game between the between these two teams. I think Josh Allen because he's Josh Allen's definitely starting to play better than, than he was when 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 the, when the Bills were struggling. I think he's definitely the last three four games he started to play he started to play a lot better. And I think, you know, we know how well Dak is playing. But, yeah, this is another close game coming right down to the wire. And and uh, and uh, I think th- I think that the Bills win. And the thing is now, I think we got to admit both these teams are super clearly super – no, I mean, the Dallas Cowboys are clearly Super Bowl contenders with their performance last week. I think the Bills move into that conversation just because of everything going on in the AFC right now. Yeah, absolutely. Because, yeah, there's not much. Like, I, you know, the Chiefs right now, they got their issues. I can't trust the Ravens right now. You know, the Bengals are big. Like, the, the team I, you know, like, I think the Browns could win the AFC. I worry about their defense on the road because it's really been bad. Because the way Flacco's been playing, you know, Cleveland's dangerous at defense. So, yeah, you know, like, they're, it, it's pretty wide open right now in the AFC. So, yeah, the the Bills are should definitely be in that category right now. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I think, I think, I think, I think they've played really, really well. I think they they've uh, they they played well lately because of late. Ever since that Broncos, because they blew they blew out the Jets and the Philly game. They were winning until the end, and they lost, and then they beat Kansas City. So, yeah. So, yeah. And I look through this Bills schedule. If they win this game, there's actually a good chance they could win the AFC East because if you look if you look at their next two games. They got the Chargers and the Patriots, and they play the Dolphins that last week. And if they beat them, they got the tiebreaker. And if you look at the Dolphins' schedule after after the after they play the Jets, they got they got they got to play the Cowboys at home. They got to go to Baltimore, and they got to play the they got to play the they got to play the Bills at home. So if the Bills win this game, I think there is a ch- there is a good chance. It's it's crazy to say it now because the Dol- they're, they're two games behind the Dolphins, but they're really one. So if the Bills win this game, there is a good chance they win the AFC East again. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, they can get this one. Um, yeah, they should get the Patriots this time. And with you know Herbert being done for the year, um, that that Chargers team so banged up right now that yeah they should roll in there against the Chargers and win that thing by at least two scores. And yeah, that would set up a great game with Miami Week 18 if if they're you know going you know going into that point. Um, you know if the Bills have a chance there to go in there, it should be a good one. So yeah, it's crazy to kind of think about that the Bills still have a chance of winning this division, but um. Yeah, it makes you kind of think like, you know, if they were able to hang on that game against New England or, you know, the Eagles game, like, you know, the, yeah, the Bills should be in the, in the you know, should be in the driver's seat right now. Um, But yeah, they, you know, they got, they still got a chance here. And for kind of how bad of a stretch it was there for a bit, yeah, they're, they're still kind of right in the hunt. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Right in the wild card hunt. And, and they, there's a very good chance they could, they can win the AFC. So big game on Sunday between these two teams should be really exciting. But we will move on to the Monday night game 
between the uh, between the Eagles and Seahawks, and the C- both these teams are really st- are struggling. The Seahawks they've lost four straight, and the Eagles they've lost two straight. So we got two struggling teams on Monday Night Football. They flex this game too. The Monday Night took your Patriots off, rightfully mm-hmm. so. Took your Patriots off Monday Night Football, but I mean I think this is going to be a close competitive game. I think that the Eagles will be able to move the ball. I think that uh, Seattle will be able to move the ball. But I think that crowd noise in Seattle is going to be the difference here. I think the crowd noise in Seattle is going to be the difference. And I think the Eagles end up losing three in a row. I think they're, the back the back seven is very questionable. Uh, I mean, their offense is still really good, but that back seven is very questionable. You've seen that defense the last two weeks gave up 42 to the Niners, 33 to the Cowboys. And I think I think they give up at least I give the, I think they give up at least twenty four points in this game even even if it's if even if it's Drew Lock Drew, Drew Lock or Geno Smith I don't care who it is I think they give up twenty four points because of the weapon Seattle has on offense with DK Metcalf and uh, Tyler Lockett and uh, Kenneth Walker with all, with the weapons they have on offense so I think this is a this is a close competitive game but I'm gonna go Seattle here I'm gonna go Seattle to win this twenty four twenty three over the Eagles but Justin. Can the Eagles bounce back from last week and keep pace with the Cowboys in the NFC East? It's be difficult. I right now have Seattle. Uh, I mean, I have the Eagles right now, 24-21. If Geno does play, I, I do. I, I agree with you. I think the uh, Seahawks will knock them off, but I'm anticipating it will be locked. I'm not, you know, um, after kind of suffering that groin injury. Um, but, yeah, like I'm, I think, you know, Seattle's going to be able to have success through the air because that Eagle secondary can't tackle. They've been out gained now in seven straight games um you know the eagles offense yeah yeah last week like even still in that second half against dallas they're driving the uh they're driving and they fumbled three times the second half so you know they're often still you know they're often be able to move the football on this one again i don't still think hurts is totally 100 percent right now um but i think they'll still have success against this poor seattle defense um but yeah like the way the the eagle secondary is playing right now with the weapons that Seattle has and DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, and uh, Jackson Smith at Jigba. I think Seattle could make this thing very close to be a tough environment going into. And, you know, the Eagles, maybe this extra day kind of helps because, you know, they, they just look tired the last couple of weeks, but now it's a, it is, you know, cross country trip. We'll see. But I think the Eagles, if it is Drew Lockett, certain quarterback, I do think the Eagles will pull this one out. Yeah, I mean, I mean, this it'll be it'll be a close game. And yeah, it's definitely a game the Eagles need. To, the Eagles need to get back on track because these last two performances. I know they're still super. They're, they're still obviously still Super Bowl contenders because they're ten and three. But these last two performances have just been really, really bad for the Eagles. They just they they just have been really, really. They've been really bad. I mean, I mean, the second half of the Niner game, and then the whole then the Dallas game. So the Eagles definitely need to get back on track. And and if they can win this one. I don't think – I mean, I know the Giants have been playing really well, but I don't think they lose the rest of the year. I think if they win this one, there's a good chance they finish 14-3. and three. I mean, I might not get the number one seed, but if they win this one, I think they're, they're, there's obviously a really good chance to win the division because Dallas has Buffalo. Uh, the, the, uh, as we talked about, they have Buffalo this week, and then they got then they got to go to Miami next week. Even though Miami's not played, been playing that great either. So, so and they, again, they got to – and the Cowboys got Detroit. So, the Cowboys' schedule is tougher down the stretch. So, if the Eagles win this game, I think they got a really good chance to win the division. Yeah, absolutely, they do. Um, yeah, with the, you know, I know the Cardinals have been kind of feisty at times, but that's a team you should ca- take care of at home. And I, the Giants, the same thing, but that's an Eagles team the last couple of years that have just annihilated the Giants. So, yeah, they should be able to kind of take care of business. And I mean, they haven't faced Eagles, Tommy DeVito yet, but yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, they, yeah the, the DeVito magic, you know, maybe maybe they could steal the we uh maybe they'll be able to steal one of those. But uh, 
yeah, you know, in the way that the Eagles too right now, like I, that's a team that I think would, you know, is in desperate need of a buy. And obviously if they could get that one seed, I think that'd be huge for them. Um, so yeah, I'm with you. So yeah, if they can win, they can find a way to pull out Monday night. Yeah. To get that one seed would be pretty huge for them. Absolutely. 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 Should be an interesting game between the Eagles and Seahawks. So we'll quickly, before we get to Tommy DeVito, we'll quickly uh, run through the Saturday slate of games as we got a matchup in Cincinnati between the Vikings and the Bengals. And I think there's a matchup of two backup quarterbacks. You got Nick Mullins for the Vikings and Jake Browning for the Bengals. But the difference is Jake Browning's actually played really well for the Bengals. They've been scoring over 30 points the last two weeks, 34 points the last two weeks with Jake Browning. So he's been playing, actually playing really well for the Bengals and then for the Vikings, Nick Mullins. Uh, I think that, and I think that's the difference in the game. I think the Vikings defense does keep him in it because the Vikings defense is playing. And Brian Flores, he should get a coaching job. He's done. A, he's done. A, he's done a great. He, he should be getting a coaching job. He's done a great job this year with it. You never know. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Mm. But yeah, he's done a great job with the uh, with with the Vikings this year. With the Vikings this year, and uh, but but I just think that the Bengals offense can be a little bit too much for the Vikings. I'll take Jake Browning over Nick Mullins. That's why I got the Bengals beating the Vikings twenty three to seventeen. But Justin, can the Vikings defense carry them to their second win in a row and keep them in that number six spot in the NFC? I wouldn't be surprised, but I got the Bengals as well in this one, 21 to 16. Yeah, you know, um, the, the Vikings, you know, Brian Flores done a great job. They're going to get, you know, if you can get after kind of Jake Browning, make them uncomfortable. I think, you know, they, they got a good chance in this one. But, you know, Minnesota, I think it's going to be Nick Bones starting this week for him. Going on the road, like I don't, you know. I know Dobbs hasn't been great. I don't love Nick Moles either. So I, you know, in the way, you know, so I could see Minnesota kind of staying in this one, in this one but the Bengals too, offensively, they've been, you know, they've been better. And I think too, like having Chase Brown, who's more of like a, he's more of a physical back. I think it's been like a kind of nice, um, um, kind of change of pace with the Joe Mixon and their offensive line's been playing better. So yeah, this Bengals seems hard to kind of play better. And yeah, Brian Foy has done a heck of a job fixing this defense and, I think, you know, Minnesota's defense will keep him in it, but I do think Drake Browning plays well enough and that uh, Cincinnati wins their third straight game. Yeah, I, I think I, I think they do. I think they do, too. I think they do, too. I think they, they stay in that playoff race in the AFC. Who would have thought, losing Joe Burrow, that they would be in this race? But yeah, Jake Browning's done a really good job taking over for Joe Burrow. Now, staying in the AFC playoff race, we got two teams that are 7-6 and six meeting up in Indianapolis as we got the Steelers taking on the Colts. And I think this will be another really, really close competitive game. But I'm going to go with the team with the better defense, and I'm going to go with the team with the better coach. I know the Steelers slipped up last week against the Patriots, but I think they balanced back this week. I think the run game of uh, I think the run game of Najee Harris, uh, I think Najee Harris is a pretty good game on the ground because the Colts have trouble stopping the run. I do think the Colts run the ball well too, but I think it comes right down to the end. I think it comes right down to the end where the Steelers got to make a play on defense, and they make that play. And I got them going eight and six, and the Colts going to seven and seven. I got the Steelers winning this game 24-20 over the Colts. But Justin, can the Colts bounce back this week and get to eight and six? I'm with you at the Steelers as well. 21 to 17. This just kind of feels like a game Mike Tomlin wins coming off like back to back embarrassing losses. Like I think their defense makes a player two in this one. I think they put a lot better than they did last week. Um, I know they lost uh TJ Watt like on the first play of the game there last week. Um, you know, I and the Colts defense isn't great. So I think, you know, the running game of Warren and Najee Harris is going to have a, you know, they, they should have a good game on the ground. And I know Menchie's, you know, usually plays better indoors at home. Um, but I do think that the Steelers kind of force a turnover to there. 
And I think the Steelers are able to kind of, um, I think just the Steelers just find a way to win an ugly, just a very low scoring, ugly football game like they usually do. I think they pull it out. We got the nightcap on uh, on Saturday night between the Broncos and Lions. I think this is a good game for a half, but I do think the Lions are going to take over in the second half. I think the biggest difference is going to be that run game. I think that run game is going to be really good, and Goff's going to bounce back this week and he's going to throw a couple touchdown passes. Even though the Lions offense hasn't looked great the last couple weeks, I think Goff bounces back, throws a couple touchdown passes, and I think that Russell Wilson plays pretty well, but I think he turns the ball over once or twice in this game. I got the Lions getting back on track this week. I got them beating the Broncos 30-20. to But, Justin, can Wilson lead the Broncos to their seventh win in eight games? Yeah, seventh win in eight games. I got it, yep. Yeah, I, I think it's possible there. But I, I get the Lions as well, 24-21. You know, the way Dan Campbell goes for it on fourth down, uh, you know, he could keep the – you know, he could very well give the Broncos a nice short field there because um, he is reckless there. But I think for the Broncos – they're a team that, you know, I kind of talked about it a little bit last week, like Russell Wilson. And I think that offense, they, they, when they can kind of be able to establish kind of the run game and get up early, cause they're seven to one when they score first this year, if they're able to do that, cause the Lions defense has not been great. Jared Goff hasn't played great either the last couple of weeks. Like there, you know, there's some issues going on right now um, up there in Detroit, but I do think, yeah, Saturday night, they do find a way to win this game. I think Wilson does make a mistake or two in this one. That the Lions are able to capitalize off of, and I do think Detroit finds a way to win it. I think it's to be a close one, and I get the Lions from four twenty-one. Yeah, it, it definitely is an important. It definitely is an important game for for both teams, and uh, yeah, for the Broncos for the wild card Lions, they got to try to keep pace with uh, with 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 the, with the top teams in the NFC. That was a tough loss last week to the Bears, so a big, uh, definitely a big game for both teams uh for the Lions and the uh, Broncos on Saturday on Saturday night but we got to move on to the one of the biggest stories in the NFL and that is Tommy DeVito that is Tommy DeVito he's let me tell you I mean Monday night he had the ball in his hands at the end and he won the game that's what you're looking for from Tommy DeVito to have the ball in this hand in a situation like that you're not looking for games against the I know he beat the Patriots you're not looking for games against the Patriots you're looking for situations like that and Tommy DeVito came through he did a good job with the slugs he had over 70 yards rushing yeah, I mean, he, he pretty much bailed out Saquon Barkley with that huge fumble with the game pretty much seemed over. And Saquon had that huge fumble and then Tommy DeVito bailing them out at the end there. So he, he did a really good job. And it's been a real good story. It's been a really, really good story for the Giants. And what you've seen from Dayball, you've seen creativity on offense now. Flea, I like what I've seen from Dayball these last three weeks. Flea Flickers, uh, Wildcat. You've seen creativity on offense from Brian Dayball. Brian Dayball's kind of getting back to what he was last year. You know, this year, beginning of the year, he kind of coached conservatively. He's not coaching as conservatively as he as, as he was as he was uh, as he was early in the year. So Brian Dable has done a really good job and has proved that he's clearly the best coach the Giants have had. You know, it's not a high bar to clear, but he's clearly the highest coach, the the, the best coach that the Giants had since uh, Tom Coughlin. Uh, and and uh, there's a reason that he'll be the Giants coach for the next four to five, at least the next right, the next two years after this. Uh, so. Uh, but for the game against the Saints, let me tell you something about the Saints. The Saints' offense not that it's not that good. They had seven points in the in in three quarters. Remember seven? I know they got the fourteen, but they had seven offensive points in three and a half quarters against the Panthers. I think I think the Giants' defense. I think I think they're gonna because the because the Saints they have trouble uh they have trouble pushing the ball down the field. I think they're 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 gonna struggle in this game. Yes, Kamara I think is gonna get his yards on the ground because the Giants do struggle against the run. 
but I do think the Giants move the ball in this game. The Saints struggle against the run. I think Saquon is a good game. I think you're going to see more Wildcat, and you're going to see you know direct direct snaps to to Saquon and Wandell Robinson. You might see Wandell Robinson in a couple reverses in this game. So I do think the Giants will, will continue to be creative on offense. I think Tommy DeVito is going to continue to play well too. I think he's going to use his legs. He's going to use his use his arm. And I think it's either going to come down to two things. Tommy DeVito having the ball in his hands and leading another game-winning drive, or the Giants stopping the Saints, this Giant defense making that big stop against the Saints offense. So I think it comes right down to the wire. But I'm going to go with the Giants. I'm going to go with the Giants here. I'm buying into the hype of Tommy Cutlets. I think the story continues another week. I think the story continues. I got the Giants winning this game over the Saints 23 to 20. Justin, do you have the story? Are you buying this? Are you are you buying the Tommy DeVito thing? Do you have the story of Tommy DeVito continuing another week? Yeah, it's been a great story. You know, like the, the with his agent on the field there with like it looked like a scene out of like the Godfather <laughs> with the hat yeah, on, yeah, on, yeah, on Monday yeah. night. Like, yeah. you know, like it's they're playing into it. The family with the tailgating. Like it's been awesome. It's been <laughs> yeah. awesome to see it. It's been like Lance uh Linsanity, but what that was almost a decade ago now. It kind yeah, of feels like that yeah, right the now. Keys bros had that comparison on their show yesterday. Did they? Okay. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, like it, it kind of feel it's kind of been that type of uh mojo for him right now. And Rick Pitino invited him courtside uh Saturday, you know, oh, he needs John. his good luck. Yeah, yeah, yeah Pitino right now is a team's a mess. Um, the moment, so yeah, Pitino wants his luck here, but I got the Saints 20 to 17 mm. in this one. Yeah, I, I know, I, I think you know, going down, it, it's always tough to play down there in the Superdome. And I've been impressed with his legs because, like, last year at Illinois, under, like, Brett Bielma's offense, like, he, I think he only had, like, 90 rushing yards a whole year. Like, he never really used his legs at all last year. So, I've been surprised of, you know, um, you know how how fast he is. So, that, that's been a surprise. And, yeah, like, it not, with Dable, it, it has seen – it. you know, you mentioned kind of being more aggressive. It kind of – because, you know, feels like, hey, they're at the point where he's got nothing to lose. Like, we're in the beginning of the year – there was kind of some pressure. Oh, there, was, know, a lot of, there was a lot of pressure. There was ex- a lot yeah. of expectations going into the year, and it felt like he coached that way. Yeah, and now that they're kind of you're now you're on your third string quarterback. Hey, you know, let's just go out there and be more creative, and it, and it definitely has worked. So it's been a great story. Yeah, like the Saints' offense, they went 270 yards of offense last week, and they got lucky that Carolina just felt like they just kept cur- turn the ball over near like midfield. So I could see the Giants winning this one, but I. Do think the Saints find a way at home to win this one? It's gonna be a tough environment to play in. I got the Saints twenty seventeen. Yeah, the funny thing with the Giants now though is they actually are in it. They actually, it's realistic because they're one game out. I know they're in like the twelfth wild. I think they're in the twelfth a wild card position, twelfth or thirteenth. That the, them and the Bears. So I mean, there's a bunch of teams that are in it. But that, that's what makes this game. If the Giants want still, just like last week, if the Giants want any hope of making the playoffs, they have to win this game. This 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 is a must win because they lose this game they're done because then they would have tie they they they'd lose the tiebreaker I know they'd have the tiebreaker with the Packers but they'd lose the tiebreaker with the Saints and they'd lose the tiebreaker with Seattle so if the Giants want any any hope of their really slim playoff chances and they're still slim even though they're a game out they're still slim seeing how many teams are gonna have to leap over and seeing that they have to play the Eagles twice they're going to have to win this is a must win on Sunday against the Saints yeah absolutely you know. We, you know, they got the Eagles twice coming up. You still got the Rams, two, you know, who they're battling for Walker spot and, you know, themselves at the moment. So, uh, yeah, this is a huge one for uh, for the Giants. And, yeah, you know, if they could find a way, you know, with everything kind of going on and how ugly everything started, like after that Cowboys game where it was 49-17, 
you know, to beat a Packers team that was playing really, really well. And even though it got dicey there after that Saquon fumble, you kind of, you know, that game was felt like it would be over. But yeah, you know, he had a really nice drive. So like with everything going on right now, you know, they can kind of find a way to win another one, you know, kind of, yeah, it's probably, you know, probably not going to be the Eagles next week on Christmas day, but uh, it's been an awesome story. And yeah, it's kind of given some juice to the giants where there was so much coming into the year and for how bad of a start it was. And with all the injuries and the offensive line play to kind of have it, you know, somewhat end of the year, kind of like with some juice and with some excitement would be, would be, you know, would, I know it's not what Giants fans expected, you know, going in. They, I know you were expecting to go back to the playoffs and all that, but you know, it's been a fun ride. I would, you know, it with the with the Tommy DeVito stuff. Like it, it's it's been a really cool story, a really fun ride. So yeah, it's given kind of the Giants some some juice. And you see, they 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 love playing for that guy. They really absolutely, do. absolutely. And, and the thing was, at two and eight, and when DeVito was starting, we were going to that Washington game. We were there was talk the Giants were going to get the top number one pick. Now, who would have thought they'd be five and eight right now? And the way the team, yeah, the way the team has came together and rallied around Tommy DeVito is outstanding. You saw at the end of the game, him and Dayball hugging after the game-winning field goal. The way the way things have, the way this this team has came together under with with Tommy DeVito. That's why I think this thing extends another week because the Saints are not that good. The Saints are an average to below average team with a below average head coach in Dennis Allen. It's a very I know they're in New Orleans, but it's a very winnable game on a, on on Sunday. It's probably it's definitely the most winnable game they have on the schedule because we know the Eagles, you know, they're not playing well. They're clearly a better team than the giants. And then the Rams, you look at the way the Rams are playing. You could argue the Rams probably out of all the teams competing for a wild card spot, have the highest ceiling because they've won, they've won the super bowl and they played with the Ravens last week. So yeah, this is definitely, this is definitely a game the giants could win. And it's just amazing. It's amazing. It's a good, really good story because of the, the it's the Jersey kid playing for, for, for the jersey playing in Jersey for the hometown team. It's, it's a, it's a, it's, it's a great story. And uh, yeah. And the way he's just brought this team together, it's, 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 it's a giant fan. It's absolutely been really fun to watch for a season that looked lost uh, three, four weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It was definitely looked like a lost cause. Like going into yeah, that going to that Washington game. Yeah. Coming off the, that Cowboys beat down you guys took and then like even like the raider game too was just ugly and that's not a great raider team either and yeah like the way the you know the washington game the way that kind of panned out and you know how well devito played in that game i know we've sacked like nine times but he you know he, he looked like an nfl quarterback i know the new england game was ugly but yeah it's it's brought a lot of kind of juice and the team kind of around them and yeah you know this is kind of the last chance here to kind of you know compete because yeah you know the Eagles are it's going to, you know, that's an impossible task there. And yeah, with the Ram, the way the Rams are playing, that's a team. Yeah. They can't win it, but like, you know, outside of the, the Niners and right now, like I still don't trust the Cowboys. Like I could see the Rams making a run here in, in that playoffs. Um, So yeah, like the Rams are gonna be tough. So yeah, it kind of feels like your last chance here to kind of get a win. And if you could somehow win that going into Christmas, probably not gonna be the Eagles, but Maybe you it, it would set up a meaningful maybe. Christmas Day game. It would set up. Who would have ever yeah. thought it'd be a meaningful game mm-hmm. for both teams? If they could win this one, it would set up a meaningful. It would set up Giants Eagles, and that would be a meaningful Christmas Day game. Who would have, who would have thought that? Who who would have thought that when they were two and eight? Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because if because like I know everybody. I picked New England when they played the Giants. Like I know, you know, like people kind of love New England because they didn't think you know Giants had a chance, even for how bad New England's been. So. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's 
so yeah, it's been yeah, they go into like the four game winning streak. You're two games under five hundred. Yeah, you know, you lose that, you know, potential top five pick there. But yeah, for the way he's played, it's yeah, because yeah, a couple weeks ago it looked like that game was gonna be meaningless and now it kind of looks like there's there's some uh there would definitely be some some um expectations that one so yeah it would yeah it would be a huge kind of spot for the giants there and put them back on national tv and fox's uh ratings would be great too yeah and to talk about out your picks you have picked against tommy devito every week i know i picked against him two of the last three weeks i'll admit that as a giants oh, fan yeah. but you did pick yeah. against tommy devito every week you picked the commanders you obviously picked um, the cowboys you picked Pats. the commanders you picked the Pats. You picked the Packers. Now you're picking the Saints. So you have not been riding that, Tommy. But you've appreciated the story. But you should. Oh but, yeah. Uh, but yeah, you, you you still have not picked Tommy DeVito. But yeah, it's it just as we've said, great story. You could be really, really yeah. I'd like him. It'd be nice if they won this one because it'd be great to have that Christmas Day game in Philadelphia mean something uh, for the Giants. So it, it would be great for that. But. We got to move on to two six and seven teams in playing in Green Bay this week as the Packers take on the Bucks, and I think this is going to be a close competitive game. But I think Jordan Love he didn't play he didn't play well on a Monday on Monday night. He did not play well on Monday night. I mean, two of those drives that that they, uh, they that, I mean, ten of those points were kind of give, were kind of given to them on that that Saquon fumble and then that fumbled punt. So uh, Jordan Love did not have his best game Monday night against the Giants, and, but I do think he bounces back this week. I think he has a good game against the Bucks. I do think Baker has a good game as well, but I, again, I think this game comes down to the end. Baker last week came through against the Falcons. I don't think he comes through this week. That's why I got the Packers going to seven and seven. The Bucks going to six and eight, and I got the Packers winning this game, twenty-seven twenty over the Bucks. But Justin, can Baker Mayfield get the Bucks back to five hundred? No, I get the Packers well in this one, twenty-three to twenty. Yeah, he mentioned it. Love did not play well. Kind of went back, you know, he's very inaccurate there the other night. Um, so I think the Packers at home here, Matt LaFleur losing his first game in the month of December as a head coach, he's, you know, in, in Green Bay, 16 and one now. Um, I think, you know, Green Bay's defense will make it tough on Baker. I think, you know, Tampa's going to move the ball. You know, Baker, you know, yeah, he made a play last week to kind of win them the football game. Um, but I just, I think the Packers do find a way to bounce back last week. Um, yeah, after the tough game last week, I think you know the Bucks have you know can they get a running game going against a weak Green Bay? The and because Green Bay has given up a lot of rushing yards this year, they I think they're in the bottom five um, per game giving up rushing yards. So I do think the Packers do do enough here at home. I think Love plays well enough in this one. Some of those young wide receivers are starting to kind of step up now, um, and I, I do think the Packers at home find a way. We got an NFC South matchup in Atlanta. We'll stay in the NFC South. We got an NFC South match. I mean, in Carolina, my bad, in Carolina, as the Falcons take on the Panthers. And I think the Falcons win this game. I do think it's close because I like the way the Panthers have ran the ball since uh, since Frank Wright has left. I think they've ran the ball with Chuba Hubbard and Miles Sanders. They did. They ran for over 200 yards last week against the Saints. I think they, they do a good job on the ground, too. But the difference is I think the Falcons will cash in on their opportunities in the red zone more than the Panthers. I think the Falcons bounced back from last week. I got them going to seven and seven. Panthers going to one and twelve. I got the Falcons going to seven and seven, beating the Panthers twenty-seven to nineteen. But Justin, can the Panthers get revenge from week one? No, I don't think they will. I got the Falcons this one as well, sixteen to thirteen. Um, I mean, Carolina punted twice on Sunday, both in the first quarter, but they scored six points. They just, you know. Couple fourth downs, they went for it around midfield. They had a field goal blocked in that one. Like Carolina, you know, 
Carolina the offense been so bad, and I did forget with the V. You know, forget mentioned we were talking giant. Tiny Davino has got nine touchdowns already. You know, passing and rushing. That's how many Bryce Young has on the years nine touchdowns. So wow. At, yeah, that's crazy. How bad? That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, Davino already has nine, and he is he, he was the number one overall pick, and he has only nine nine touchdowns. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nine touchdowns and nine interceptions. It's not been pretty so far for Bryce Young. Um, and this week again, going up against Atlanta, I think it's to be an ugly football game. I got Atlanta 16 to 13. I don't think the Panthers offense is going to do much in this one. Um, I think, I think Carolina's defense just keep them in it, keeps, gives them a chance to win this football game. Um, but the offense just does not help them out right now. And I do have the Falcons kind of continue to stay in the hunt in the NFC South. Absolutely. 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 So we got the, you got your team facing the chiefs. This game got flexed off of uh Monday night football and, even worse for Pats fans, they're not on Fox 61 on Sunday either, as the Giants-Saints game will be on Fox Really? 61. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, wow. so it's gotten really bad. for them. Even though they won last week, it's gotten really, really bad for the Patriots as the Chiefs uh, travel there to face the Pats. And I think this is the classic get-right game for Kansas City. They've, they've lost two tough games. I, mean, I know people say they got hosed last week. There was a, No, that was the right call. That was the right call. Contavious yeah. Tony. I'm not saying because I'm a Giants fan. And and he was Tony wasn't good for the Giants. Contavious Tony was clearly offsides, uh, but I think this is this is the get right game for the Chiefs. I think they're able to you know they're able to to uh, Mahomes able to they might the pass might contain the ground game, but I think the Chiefs will be able to have a big game. Mahomes will have a pretty big game through the air. I think he'll be able to throw a couple touchdown passes. And I think they force a couple turnovers for Bailey Zappi. I know the Patriots won last week, but they're but we as we all know they're one of the worst teams in football. I think this is where the Chiefs get right and and start to start to make their push again for the Super Bowl because uh, you're looking at their schedule coming up. They, they, they have all, all they're all winnable games. Chargers after that. I think it's the uh, the Raiders after this, then, then, then the, uh, then, the, then the, then the Chargers, I can't, and then the Bengals, Bengals will be the toughest game, but yeah, this is when the Chiefs make their Super Bowl push. And I think, I think that the uh, Chiefs win this game and I think they win it easily. I got the Chiefs win at 28 to 10 over the Patriots, but Justin, can the Patriots hand the Chiefs their third straight loss? be great but no i don't see that happening i get the chief 17 to 10 17 10 i mean the that's, chiefs a little the ball. that's a little biased like, there 17 to no, 10 i i'm like the the chiefs have they I, like outside of uh what they put up 31 it's a raiders but like other than that their offense the last couple weeks they haven't been anywhere out of the teens i think the patriots defense plays well enough in this one you think yeah we'll they can't to... i'm like look yeah our secondary stinks but if the wide receivers can't catch the football it doesn't matter yeah, you know, yeah. like unless a Zappy throws two interceptions, like yeah, you that's know. what I think. I think the Chiefs will have some short fields here. In this, yeah, game. like if they do, I could see it being a little bit more scoring, or the Chiefs be able to put up some more points in this one. But I think Zappy does enough to protect the football in this one. And Elliot, he's been good on the ground. Like that's a that's yeah. Listen, know. listen, he had one good game. Okay, but, but he hasn't but, been bad though all year. He's, no, he's, no, I, he's they, been the thing is they really have, they really haven't used him that that much. They've used Stevenson more than him. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah. Now Stevens is out. Stevens is out. Um, but I, I just I like the way that Elliott's ran the football. Like he could have checked out five weeks ago, but like he's been one of the guys that's still playing hard out there. I wouldn't mind having him back next year's our number two again. I wouldn't mind it. Um, but yeah, I again I don't think Zappy plays well in this. You know, the, the Chiefs defense has been playing well. Um, you know, Zappy had a great game last week, but yeah, it's not going to happen again this week. I know people now are like, oh, could Zappy be the franchise guy? It's like. Let's 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 relax here a little bit. Um, I got the yeah, so I got the Chiefs seventeen to ten. I don't you know, don't think it's gonna be 
you know, it's going to be another ugly football game. It was nice to kind of see the offense click for the first time. And because, like, I don't think the Panthers are going to win. So, like, another game. So, I don't think the Patriots really were going to get the, not you know, the number one overall pick anyways at this point. Um, Just how bad the Panthers have been. So, I guess it was nice to watch a competent offense last week. But I don't think that's going to happen again this week. Oh, 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 it definitely did. It definitely did. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was the best the Patriots looked on offense pretty much all season last week. I mean, yeah. it, might, it might have been the best. The outside games. of that Bills game. Outside of that Bills yeah. game, it's probably the best they looked all, all, all season on offense. So, yeah, I mean, I just don't think this game is going to be that competitive, though. I think this is this is the get-right game for the Chiefs. I think they cruise in this game. I, I, think they cruise. I know you, still, you like – You're so confident that, like, in that offense. Like, look, Mahomes is great, but – the wide receivers, the receivers are a major, major issue. Yeah, that receiving core is terrible. Catavius yeah. Tony is is terrible. I mean, I know he's got he's formed a connection with Rasheed Rice, but a lot of receivers could look good with Patrick Mahomes, and these receivers are absolutely awful. We, we remember the uh, Packer game they lost. I mean, Valdez Scantling couldn't catch a touchdown, so couldn't catch the touchdowns. I mean, I mean, not the Packer game, the uh, the, the Eagle game they lost. So yeah, they, yeah, they've lost a lot of close games. It's not as good of a Kansas city team as they've been. It's probably the worst Kansas city team they've had probably since 2017, but it doesn't mean they're not Super Bowl contenders because of the quarterback they have. But yeah, I, it's hard for me to see it being a one score game. Maybe it could be like 20 to 10, but, uh, but yeah, you, you definitely have a point with Kansas city's offense. Yeah. I just, I, I think the way the Patriots defense played hard and with all the injuries they've had, um, you know, their defense has kept a minute, you know, I know all the rumors going around with bill, like maybe there are some distractions right now. I know, it sounds like that decision's been made. I, you know, I know Kern said it on a podcast last night, but then like two hours later, he, you know, there was another Patriot reporter saying Tommy Kern's taken it all back and it wasn't accurate. So like, I have no idea what's going on. Um, so maybe there's some distractions in there, but look, I, you know, I just like, unless the Patriots turn over the football, like two or three times in Kansas City or like in their own territory, I don't really see the Chiefs really driving the field that much against, against New England. I just, I don't have, I don't have a ton of confidence right now in that in those wide receivers that you will catch a football. And if Bill could somehow take Kelsey away or just limit him, I do think the Patriots kind of keep stay in this one and keep kind of keep it a one score game. Yeah, yeah, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens uh, between those these two teams. But you talked about Bill, and uh, I think the big question right here would be: Would it be the right move for the past to move on from Belichick? And I think absolutely. I think absolutely be the right move. I know there's the current there was the current report last night you, you brought up you just brought up, but I think absolutely would be the right move for the Patriots to move on from, from Belichick, especially as a general manager, because that's the reason why the team is. As we've said so many times over the last four years, that's the reason why the team is falling apart is because of him as a general manager. Yeah, as a head coach, he's still a pretty good head coach, and he'll, he probably would get another opportunity if New England let him go or if they parted ways, but. I think I think they have to move on because do you re, do you trust Bill Belichick as a general manager? Say say you guys have the number two pick and take Drake May. Do you trust Bill Belichick to build an op, to get skill guys around Drake May for Drake May to succeed? I don't. As a general manager, I don't. That's why if he doesn't if he wants to continue to be the general manager, I think there's the, the Patriots have no choice. They got to move on. Now I'm with you. I, I and I hate to say it because I I would love to have Bill still as a head coach because I don't like. I think that's the thing is like we really at this point couldn't do much better with the guy head coach and Bill, but I'm with you. Like I don't trust I don't trust him to make that next pick with Drake May and yeah, build it around. I'm like, look, Mac Jones had was was kind of the big front runner there for rookie of the year until um 
Jamar Chase the last couple of weeks, um, you know, three years ago, kind of took it over. Like Mac Jones looked like the capable franchise guy for rookie year. Like, okay, like we can build off this. And then he broke him. You know, yeah. like Joe I mean, Judge. I mean, and- yeah, the Joe Judge Patricia thing was terrible. Was, and yeah. then this year it got even worse because I think all those issues kind of st- I think I think that started a rift between Mac and Bill. And mm-hmm. I think he, and I did I don't think they could they could they they were able to solve it. And, and it look and it was obvious they couldn't solve the problem with Bill O'Brien. So I think that was really the start of the of, that was definitely the start. McDaniel's leaving and them hiring Patricia and Judge. That's that that started friction between Mac and Bill. And I just think the offense be able to ever been able to recover since. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, you're right. Yeah, it just they haven't. And and I was going back too with uh, Max Jones, Alabama. He's had six straight years of a new offensive coordinator too, which I don't think has helped either. Like he had three different ones at Bama. Now he's had three different ones in New England. I know he had O'Brien at Bama, but it's so he's had him twice. But like a new OC every year, that can't help either because you know there's different philosophies, there's different voices, there's different, you know, like there's. So I don't think that's helped either that he hasn't been able to really build a rapport either probably with an OC, but yeah, like I just, I think there was a rip between him and bill, um, you know, throughout. And cause I don't think, you know, I know it was after the uh, Germany game, like Max family kind of, or people in his um, inner circle were kind of bashing the Patriots about how they've, how they've kind of, you know, with the offensive coordinator situation with the weapons. So yeah, I don't, you know, I don't think the relationship's great there either, which, yeah, and that hasn't helped. So, look, it's been unfortunate. After the rookie year, it kind of felt like, you know, he could be the guy, and it just, yeah, it's been a downward spiral since. And, look, I don't know if he could go be a starter elsewhere, but if he can go to another organization, they kind of fix him. I wouldn't be surprised if he could kind of become somebody else's starting quarterback. I just don't think it's ever going to work out here. Yeah, it just doesn't seem like it is. Uh, it, it, the Patriots have too high of a pick for if there is a new coaching staff. The Patriots have too high of a pick for 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 them to, f- to fix it to the, for them to pass on a Drake May for him because he's really not that. I mean, yes, he's been set up to fail, but also he's not that good. So, so yeah, I, I think it's it's definitely over for Mac Jones, and I think it should be over for Bill Belichick. I think they should. I don't think they should hire Gerard Mayo. I think they should start. They should have a brand new voice that has no connection to the organization. They should have a GM that has no connection to the organization. I think you have a new head coach. New GM, new quarterback, because the last four years have been an absolute failure for the Patriots. So I, 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 so I think it's new head coach, new GM, new quarterback. You start fresh next year. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, um, I'm with you. And it'll show too how much uh, Jonathan Kraft has an input. Like how much does Robert still really own this? T- you know, like I, because I think Jonathan's got more of the day to day last couple of years. So we'll see how big of an input he has or how big you know. Still, Robert, if he's still running things, so yeah, you know, I know May, I like Mayo stuck around because I think they told him he would get it, but I don't think anybody thought I was gonna get this bad. So that's that's the thing. I kind of my mine right now is Brian Flores. That's I know a good he's choice here. That's a good choice. I'll take yeah. Brian Flores over Gerard Mayo any day because Flores has worked in the organization and Flores has proven as a head coach as he did in Miami to have success. He had two or three years in Miami. They had winning seasons. He had winning yeah. seasons in Miami. The problem was he couldn't get along with Tua, but they had winning seasons in Miami, two of those three years. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that uh, I, I think I wouldn't mind Flores either. So, I just wouldn't hire Gerard Mayo. I just wouldn't hire Gerard Mayo. I'd want I'd want somebody like a Flores. Yes, he's been there, but he's been kind of away from Belichick for a little bit. Or I would just hire somebody completely new. Yeah, I wouldn't mind either. Like if they didn't go the Flores direction, I wouldn't mind some OC. 
you know, that's even though that's I rather I, I think I'd rather probably have an established head coach or at least somebody that's got the experience. You know, I want, you know, because um to have with bringing whole, you know, Drake Mayer, Cable Williams, whoever they do draft that quarterback to kind of you know run that system. Um but yeah, I like Flores kind of right now is my number one. Yeah, what he did with Miami, like that team's supposed to, you know, they end up winning five games this first year. That team was people thought, you know, that team may go winless and they found a way to win five games. So yeah, I would I you know, Flores right now is my number one, especially the way he's fixed that Vikings defense. It's been impressive. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So uh we'll see what happens with Belichick. We'll definitely be monitoring that over the next couple of weeks. But we got to go to the Sunday night game between the Ravens and the Jaguars. And I think this game is close. I think that Lamar Jackson has another good game for the Ravens. I think he, he, him and Odell and Flowers, I think he's another good game for the Ravens. Yeah, that third and 17 was great throw to, to say Flowers there. Uh, and I think that Trevor Lawrence has another good game too. I think this game is close and competitive. But again, the difference is I think when the when the Ravens get in the red zone, they'll score touchdowns. Jags will score field will kick field kick some field, kick field goals. And I got the Ravens winning this one over the Jaguars. I got the Ravens beating the Jaguars 27-23. But Justin can Trevor Lawrence help the Ravens end their two-game losing streak? No, I get the Ravens as well, 24 to 20. Um, you know, the Jags haven't played well at home this year. They're three and four. Um, you know, playing down in Jacksonville this year. And, you know, Lawrence, they made a couple of mistakes last week. I was surprised he played last week. Um, did try to tough it out, and they lost a tough one in, in Cleveland last week. Um, but look, I don't think the Ravens defense is that great right now. So, like, I could see Jacksonville um, being able to, you know, um, make some plays through the air and have some success. But um, I don't really, I don't trust the Jacksonville defense either. And I just think um, they've been they're 30th right now and pass defense. So, I think the Ravens, Lamar Jackson, be able to make plays through the air. And I do think Baltimore does find a way to go down to Jacksonville and uh, move the 11-3 and kind of stay in that hunt there, trying to get the uh, number one seed. AFC East matchup in Miami as the Jets take on the Dolphins. Jets last week had a good win against Houston. Dolphins had a terrible loss against the Titans. A 27-13 lead with Connecticut's own Will Levis mm. driving them down to twice to win that game. Then that led to a players-only meeting yesterday in Miami. So things in Miami are not great, but luckily... For the Dolphins, they get to play the Jets this week. And I just don't think that the Jets have enough offense to keep up with the Dolphins. I think the Jet defense contains this Dolphins offense. I think this is close. This comes down to the end. But I think it's going to be just like how the Raider game did against the Dolphins. I think the ball will be in Zach Wilson's hands. And Zach Wilson will turn the ball over. And I'll take the Dolphins here to go 10-4. and four. Jets go to 5-9. and nine. I got the Dolphins 20-13 to 13 over the Jets. But, Justin, can the Jets defense carry them to their second straight win? I think it's gonna be a tough assignment here, but I got the Dolphins twenty-seven to sixteen. If Tyreek Hill does not play, I think this is much closer because you could see that offense. That's a you know, without Tyreek Hill on the field, Tua kind of looks like his kind of rookie year self. Like you know, he he has not been as good without Tyreek Hill on the field. So um, if he can't go, I do think it's gonna be closer. But um, you know, I, I think they'll be able to run the football in this. I think they'll be able to run the football in this one because the Jets haven't. I know they were pretty good stopping the run last week, but the Texans right now are just so banged up, you know, missing a couple offensive weapons, and Stroud got hurt in that game. So I think Miami will have success on the ground, and they were having success Monday night, and they got away from it for whatever reason. 
because that was inexcusable blowing a two touchdown lead with inexcusable. If you want to be a Super Bowl yeah. contender, inexcusable. It's why I question Mike McDaniel. I'm tired of people saying he's a great coach. He's done a yeah. good job with two. I'll give him that. But stop with this. Mike McDaniel's a great coach, and that proved it last week, and that proved mm-hmm. it. They, and that proved it this week when they had a players only meeting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, he's a great schemer offensively, but like but le- leader of men. Is- like you saw yeah, him last week. You, yes. you, you Here's the thing about Mike McDaniel. I've watched Hard Knocks. When they're winning, he's like, F this, F that, F this, F that. He's all confident. And you saw him when they lost. He wasn't He wasn't all upset. He just, he just didn't. Yeah. He doesn't seem like he has the command that the top coaches have of the room. And you can you can see it last week. You saw it at the end of the game at Hard Knocks. I saw it at the end of his, in his speech at the end of the game. He doesn't have the command that the top coaches have. Yeah, and that's that's the problem. Yeah, you got to have that locker room, and yeah, you got to kind of, yeah, that's that's the problem. And I think that's, that's the problem with again, like some of these offensive gurus you see get the head coaching jobs, like they're great at scheming everything up, but it's like all the when you all have the, the lead men, like you don't have like yeah. a John Harbaugh or a Mike Tomlin in that locker room. It's not, it's not yes. a John Harbaugh or Mike Tomlin or a Belichick. Yes, I'll give you yeah. that. Yeah, yes, yeah. well, yeah, one of those guys that yeah can kind of all around just very good. Yeah, knows how to kind of be the leader and lead men. But, yeah, I just – I don't think he has that. And that's a big issue. And, you know, you kind of saw it. Yeah. You mentioned, yeah, like the – yeah, kind of calling everybody out when they win. And, yeah, like, you know, it's also against the world mentality. But, yeah, when you lose, it's – yeah, it's 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 not what you want. And that's that's kind of why I don't believe in this offense team. I, you know, look, because I know that the – you know, when they played the Broncos, they weren't over 500. Now the Broncos are over 500. So that's – you know, they do have one win against an over 500 team, but that's when the Broncos still were struggling. We're a total mess. So yeah, like they haven't beat anybody great yet. So that's the problem. Like, again, this Miami team's got the talent, but yeah, I just, I don't love McDaniels. I like, again, great off of the schemer, but yes, it's the all around picture. There is not great. And that's, that's a big issue. And I think with a lot of these offensive guys get hired that don't pan out, you know, exactly. it's, it's, it's easy to be the OC and just, put everything up on the whiteboard and tell the, you know, exactly. But yeah, when you get that head coaching job and he's done, I'm not saying he's done a bad job, but he's he's... done a pretty good job, but he should not be put in the conversation with like the Mike Tomlins or the Andy Mm -hmm. Reeds or the, uh, or or Kyle Shannon, like his predecessors. They're putting him like, Oh, he's such a genius. He's just like, Kyle. no, no, no. Stop it with it. Just like Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan has one playoff game in this league. Kyle Shanahan has gotten to a Super Bowl. Mike McDaniel hasn't won a playoff game, and he's been lucky to have the. And McDaniel's been lucky to have the talent he's had on that Dolphin team. So, yeah, I, listen, I'm not totally sold on the head coach yet. I'm not I'm, honestly. I'm not that. I think the Dolphins might be the most fraudulent team in the NFL right now, and they're going to then that will be proved in, in the last three weeks of the season. And, and we know they struggled last year in December, so we'll see what happens. Should be interesting. But yeah, but yeah, just a bad loss for the Dolphins, and we'll see if they bounce back this week. But I tried to push this game as far back as I could, being the Thursday night game. We are not going to spend much time in this game between the Chargers and the Raiders. Obviously, Justin Herbert out for the season for the Chargers. They're going to be starting Easton Stick. Uh, you've got the Raiders starting Aiden O'Connell. This should be another ugly, ugly game that, you know, I'm just going to take the team with the quarterback and more experience. I'm going to go Raiders 16 to 10. Justin, who you got? Yeah, I got uh, Raiders this week, 13-10. Yeah, this is going to be an ugly football game. Um, Easton six going to probably struggle. O'Connell hasn't been great. You know, he got sacked seven times. Kulo Mack had six of them. So let's see if the Raiders actually try to double-team Kulo Mack this time around. Um, I got the Raiders 13-10. We got the Bears heading to Cleveland to face the Browns. Uh, the Bears have very slim playoff hopes. The Browns are, are, had a good win last week over the uh, – the, 
the Browns had a good win last week over Jacksonville. The ja- over Jacksonville. So right now they're sitting at seven. One of these, one of those seven and six teams in the AFC. So uh, I think this is a close competitive game. But I'm going to take the Browns defense to make a play at the end against Justin Fields. Uh, uh, Justin Fields again has been really bad. I know he's played better of late. And the Bears played better of late. The addition of Montez Sweat has been a really good addition. So the Bears played better of late. But I think it comes right down to the end where the ball's in Fields' hands and he doesn't get the job done. That's why I got the Browns winning this one 19-14 over the Bears. But Justin, can Fields lead the Bears to their third straight win? No, I don't think so this week. I got the Browns as well, 17-14. Didn't beat ugly football game, defensive battle. Um, I think Joe Flacco makes enough plays. He's He's been unbelievable since uh, the last couple of weeks here since joining Cleveland. And I, I think, you know, Joseph Fields, you know, if the Browns kind of contain their running game, I think they'll be able to kind of, pick them off once or twice in this one. I think the the way the Bears defense has been playing, I think they will keep them in it. But, you know, they could – the Bears somehow get, like, a short field. They got to capitalize on it and, and get seven points this week. Um, but I, I get Cleveland win a very low-scoring defensive battle. Yeah, I think, I think that's what it's going to be. In, uh, the, that's the kind of game it's going to be in Cleveland on Sunday. So we got a matchup in Tennessee between the Texans and the Titans. And I think I think this I'll change my pick if CJ Stroud plays. He's still in concussion protocol. But if Davis Mills plays, I think the Titans win this game. I think that uh, Will Levis does enough to win this game. I think I think he, man, he does enough to win it. I, I really liked his performance last week. I do think the Titans defense forced a couple turnovers from Davis Mills, and that's why I got the Titans winning this game, twenty to sixteen, if CJ Stroud doesn't play. But Justin, even if Stroud doesn't play, can the Texans bounce back this week and get to eight and six? Now I'm on the Titans as well. This 20 to 16. I think uh there's just been so many offensive weapons kind of go down. We saw Stroud go down last week. Tank Dell's out for the remainder of the year. Dalton Schultz yeah, didn't Mike, play last week. Yeah, Dolan Schultz. And I know he's still questionable for this week. Nigo Collins is questionable. So they're pretty banged up. And I don't think they got the depth yet. Um, they're off, you know, on, on both sides. So I, I think their defense will keep them in it against this Titans offense, which yeah, like, you know, they they um you know, Will Levis kind of had that pick six there off the screen, you know, that was at his own like five yard line. But, you know, so I think they'll make some plays offensively here. Um, but yeah, with everything going on with Houston, I think Tennessee just does enough right now. I just think there's so many injuries right now with the Texans offense that uh, Tennessee's able to get a turnover too, and they do enough to capitalize off of them and they find a way to get a win at home. Niners and Cardinals this, this week. Uh, I think this is a game. I know Kyler Murray's back, but I think this is a game where the Niners' offense gets into the 30s. Brock Purdy throws two more, a couple more touchdown passes. Christian McCaffrey is a big game on the ground. Niners have pretty much proven that they are the best team in the NFC. They continue to do that on Sunday, as I think they beat the Cardinals by. I think they doubled the Cardinals' score. I got them beating the Cardinals 34 to 17. But Justin, can Kyler Murray have a great game and help the Cardinals get revenge from Week Four? No, I'm on the Niners as well, 27 to 17. Cardinals, they've been feisty. You know, Murray, ha- you know, Kyle Murray hasn't been horrible since coming back. He hasn't played that bad. So they're coming off a bye. I just, you know, they've been really good at running the football this year, but I think that they're going to show against this Niners front. And, you know, Marquise Brown in the first meeting had, a, you know, his season high 96 yards, receiving yards. You know, him and Kyle Murray usually have a pretty good connection. So maybe he can, you know, make a couple plays in this one. And, uh, you know, hit some big plays and and be able to kind of keep them in it. But I do think the Niners just do enough. I don't think the Niners or the Cardinals defense can make enough stops in this one. I do have the Niners one by by uh, double digits. 
Alrighty, the Rams take on the Commanders on Sunday, and I think the Rams are playing really, even though they lost last week, they're playing really well. They continue that, and I think they beat the Commanders by two scores. They get into the 30s. You got Kieran Williams. It's Kieran Williams in back. That offense has been really good. Yeah, obviously, Puka Nakua. If it wasn't for C.J. Stroud, he'd be the offensive rookie of the year. So I think the Rams get into the 30, and then I think they force Howell to turn the ball over a couple times. And, and, and uh, Washington's defense, they're not going to stop the Rams because Washington's defense is terrible, and they're pathetic. Ron Rivera will probably be fired by the end of the season. And I got the Rams winning this one 31-17 over the Commanders. But, Justin, is there any way that Sam Howell can lead the Rams to a crazy upset here? I don't think so. I got the uh, Rams 31-23. to Yeah, for uh... – the nine, or yeah, for the Washington, yeah, five of the uh, five of the last six games, they've given up at least twenty nine points. And that one, that one, they didn't was they, you know, Pages only were able to score seventeen against them. So I could see Sam Howell making some plays, keeping it close because you know the Rams' defense isn't bad. Um, you know, it's it's in the middle of the pack so far right now in the NFL. So I see how making some plays through the air, kind of keeping it close. But you mentioned it with the way the Rams' offense has been humming right now. Um, so yeah, since Kyron Williams has come back. I just, I think the Niners, I mean, the uh, Rams offense do whatever they want. I don't think Sam Howell is going to keep up enough in this one. And I do have the Rams winning uh, 31-23. All righty. So, uh, so it should be an interesting week. It should be an interesting week 15 in the NFL. But we had a couple of huge moves in baseball. Shohei picked his team. And uh, we the Yankees made a huge trade. But before we talk about that, we're going to hear from our friends at JPEG Financial and Shamrock Home Inspections. Do you have a 401k and some savings for future retirement, but don't even know if it's enough to live off of? How much is enough? How often are you thinking about it? The team at JPEX Financial Group can help set your mind at ease. We specialize in creating strategies in the planning and managing of your financial, educational, and investment needs. We help clients pursue their investment goals with sound financial strategies. You deserve a personal, tailored plan lasting, meaningful, and open relationships are the foundation of our practice. You've worked hard for your money and should feel confident in your investment choices as you make decisions for your financial future. Your goals are our goals. We are dedicated to your needs and hopes for your future. Visit our website and give us a call at 860-430-5397. Securities offered through Raymond James Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Raymond James Financial Services Advisors, Inc. JPEX Financial Group, LLC is not a registered broker-dealer and is independent of Raymond James Financial Services. JPEX Financial Group is located at 78 Eastern Boulevard, Glastonbury, Connecticut. There's no bigger investment. There's no bigger investment than home ownership. And to make sure the house is up to your standards, you need a professional to look it over. Brian Flanagan from Shamrock Home Inspections is a licensed home inspector and a member of the Connecticut Association of Home Inspectors. Brian was a contractor for over 15 years, so he knows how homes should be constructed and how mechanicals should work. What makes me a good home inspector was the 20 years that I was a home improvement person all the different repairs that I have done and what other people have done wrong that I had to go out and fix. So I have a pretty quick eye on seeing what's right and what's wrong. Before you move, call Shamrock Home Inspections. Before you make the biggest investment of your life, call Brian Flanagan from Shamrock Home Inspections at 860-268-2566 or visit shamrockhomeinspectionct.com. All righty, so uh, we had a big, big... uh, 
We had some big moves last week in, ba- in Major League Baseball. And uh, how about Shohei Otani? Shohei Otani has picked his team. He is signing with the Los Angeles. Staying home. He's staying in L.A. He's signing with the Dodgers. And uh, the big question here for uh, the, the Dodgers is, yes, the contract is ridiculous for Shohei Otani, but it got prorated. So, no, it got, it got like restructured. So, uh, and now he's making like $2 million a year. But. But before we can really get into that, we'll talk about the, what, how, what this means for the Dodgers. And uh, the big question is, Is are the Dodgers the favorite to win the World Series? Are the Dodgers the favorite uh, t- t- to win the World Series? And I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no. I'm still going to go with the Braves. Because even though they're going to have Otani in that lineup, I think the Braves pitching is a little bit better. I think their lineup is still a little bit – it could be is a little bit deeper too. So I'm going to – because the Dodgers have lost in the first round the last two years. The Dodgers haven't gotten to the NLCS the last two years. I know the Braves haven't, but they ran it, but they've ran into a buzzsaw with the Phillies. But uh, yeah, I, I think that – I'm going to say no. I'm not going to say they're the favorite to win the World Series, and I'm not going to say they're the favorite to uh, to to uh, w- win the National League either. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm still going to go with the Braves. Yeah, I'm with you. I hit the Braves, and I get the Phillies still ahead of them right now. I got them third. Really? I, just... I, I would say they're ahead of the Phillies. I think they will be by the end of uh, winter by all this free agency stuff. Oh yeah, we'll get to we'll get I, to the other guy. We'll get to the other guy. They they have rumors to get. Yeah, I I get. I don't like who's. I know they're supposed to have Walker Buehler back opening day, but who else do they have right now? I don't know who the number two starters at the moment. I know. You know, I know, like Bobby Miller. I don't. Yeah, exactly. Don't yeah, the pitching's definitely their Achilles heel. Yeah. Again, yeah. I know they're in for Yadamoda. I know they're in for Hater. I know. Sounds like they might be getting close to getting a trade with Tyler Glass now. That that no Glass was another guy just can't stay healthy, unfortunately. It's good when he's healthy. So I'm with you. I trust that Braves rotation more at the moment. And and um I even kind of trust the Phillies a little bit more. I or I have them ranked a little bit higher right now. Yeah, the Otani signing is ridiculous. It you know, I know maybe he'll be back pitching next year. We'll see how the Tommy John goes. It'll be a second one, but uh I'm with you. I got the Braves and I even got the Phillies ahead of the Dodgers right now. And Again, that's probably going to change by the time of, you know, they made a couple signs, more trades here. Because, you know, with that $2 million is only paying them a year. Uh, really uh, opens things up. Uh, it's going to open. Yeah, it's definitely going to open things up. It, they're, they're lucky because if they, if they were on the hook for that $70 million a year, whew, they would be they would be in big, big trouble. But, yeah, the, the $2 million a year is definitely going to. It's definitely going to open things up. And yeah, I don't. Do I think the Dodgers will win some champions? I, I, I think they'll win two. Uh, I think they win at least two championships when Otani's there because of what he did with this, because of what they did with this contract. I think that is definitely important, an important part of it. But, but, but yeah, I mean, I think, I think uh, this, this is a huge, a huge sign for the Dodgers. I mean, I think it's, it's, it's huge. I think it's going to, if you look at the ticket sales for opening day, they're humongous for them. So, yeah, this is definitely going to, I think it's good for baseball and Otani in a big market. Mm-hmm. I know he played for the Angels, but he played for the second team in LA. Now he's playing for the yeah. for the for the for the big team in LA, and I and I think that's really I think it's gonna keep helping. Baseball, the pitch clock didn't help in the World Series, but I think it helped him throughout the year. I think this is another good step for baseball to have Otani in a big market. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, um, you know, because I know again, I remember hearing you now in July, like you know, listening to kind of um from the Angels broadcasters, a couple of, like Angel podcasts. They're talking like they got so many people. That because um, it's Disneyland's out in Anaheim, so like a, a lot of people kind of would come from Japan. They go to Disneyland, they go to Angel Stadium, go see Shohei. You saw like the Japanese billboards they had or um advertisements like behind home plate, like 
you know, like that, like he's such a big international superstar over there in Japan. And yeah, now like, yeah, he played with the angels, but like the, the angels were never part of like the Fox kind of Saturday night game or they're never on Sunday night baseball. I don't think they were once this year. I don't think so. Maybe, no. maybe once or twice. I don't remember them, but and the only reason they thought of being on Sunday night baseball was because of Mike Trout and Shohei Otani. Yeah. Yeah. They're not really good outside of that. So yeah, the Dodgers seem like they're always on there on Fox or ESPN. So yeah, I think it's going to be great kind of for the casual baseball fan to kind of see him more, um, more regularly in national TV and hopefully get him in the playoffs and that would be huge to rating. So yeah, like I, again, I think out of marketing and all this for the Dodgers, like the 700 million you're going to pay him is going to be worth it because you are getting an absolute, you know, international kind of superstar because he's so beloved over, you know, over in Japan and, you know, baseball fans too kind of love watching him too, just the uniqueness that he's brought the last couple of years. And yeah, for him now to be more on a national stage, I think it's going to only help baseball. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think, I think it definitely will. I think it definitely will. But now we got to look at the angels piece of this and, uh, how dumb were they not to trade Otani at the trade deadline? They pretty much get nothing back for Shohei Otani. I think that was just a horrendous, horrendous move by the Angels. I said it right. The, I said it during the trade deadline. They should have traded Otani. What a horrendous move by the Angels not to trade Otani. It was. I know I defended it. And I thought, yeah, you should kind of keep him around because of just the merchandise sales and just kind of, you know, he bring you know, like people still kind of want to show up to the ballpark. They, you know, the only thing is what, what do they got for a package? Because that's the only thing, like, unless they got a couple of MLB guys who are ready and kind of been established, which would have been tough to get for a rental. They could have got, again, they could have got the six best prospects in anybody's organization. And maybe one of those guys pan out to be a regular day major league player. The rest of them may never touch the major league. So that's the only thing. It's like, you know, they do trade them and none of those prospects become anything. Then we're all ridiculing the Angels like that trade was so bad for LA. So that's the thing. Like, you know, whoever that draft pick that uh contestatory uh, pick or whatever it is, you know, that that the Angels are gonna get now. Yeah, you better hope it's a home run, you know, player. But you know, so I could see boy, it, it looks bad now that they didn't trade him, but I could understand it. They didn't get their package that they didn't want, and none of those guys turn out. They get ridiculed anyways. It could it, it kind of feels like a lose lose situation if you're the Angels. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, because yeah, even if you had traded, people are like saying, "Why would you even try to? Why would you not try to attempt to resign Otani?" But yeah, but now, but now you see what's, what's what's what went on. It's it's just it's uh, yeah, it, they 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 weren't able to resign him, and it's, yeah, it was pretty much you're right. It was a lose lose situation for them. Yeah, it was. So I, I get it. I get both sides. But yeah, it's kind of, you know, I understand the business side of it, too, where, you know, you still got people buying his jerseys when he was in L.A. And that was ballparks until he got hurt. You still got a pretty good crowd in L.A. And if he was gone in July, I don't you wouldn't have had that because Trout got hurt, too, there. Which oh, help yeah, either. absolutely. Absolutely. But but yeah, but going back to Otani signing with the Dodgers, great for baseball. He's in a big market that he's going to be playing in the postseason. We've never seen Otani in the postseason. That just shows you that one player can't really carry your team in baseball because it's the NBA or the NFL. You got a great quarterback in the NFL. You're getting, the, you're at least getting to the playoffs. You got a, uh, you see that with Patrick Mahomes this year in the Chiefs. You got a, you got a superstar in the NBA. You're getting to the, you're getting, you're definitely getting to the playoffs. We've never, and in, in the uh, six years he's been, in, this will be the seventh, seventh year. In the six years he's been playing, we've never seen Otani in the playoffs. So I'm happy we're going to be able to see Otani in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's going to be fun to kind of finally get to see him, kind of get in the postseason 
Oh, uh, spotlight. Yeah, playing with the Dodgers, who are going to be one of the favorites. You know, they've gotten 100 wins every year. That you know, they won that division last year by 16 games. It's probably be close to 20 this year. But yeah, so it's going to be fun to watch them. Um, yeah, finally get to kind of see him in the postseason and finally kind of again. And it's going to be great for the sport of baseball for the casual ones that you know haven't really got to see him a lot because you know he's not on national TV as we talked about. So yeah, and it's great for the sport of baseball. It definitely is. It, it definitely is. So we will move on to the Yankees. And last week, right after we got off the air, the Yankees traded for Juan Soto. And they really all they really gave up was Michael King. So they didn't give up Dominguez. They didn't give up Wells. So really, really good trade for the Yankees there. Uh, I, I, I think the, the big question is with him now in this lineup, hopefully you get a healthy Rizzo. You get a, you get a healthy Stanton. You got Judge in that lineup now. So that's a, that, that'll be a pretty good middle of the order, especially with Judge and Soto. Knowing Soto's a lefty, Judge and Soto will be hitting back-to-backs. So if you get Judge, Soto, and Stanton, that's a really, really good uh, – I mean, Stanton, I know, it hasn't been able to stay healthy, but if, if these guys can somehow stay healthy in this lineup, this lineup will be much improved than what it was last year. And uh, the big question is, is, are the Yankees a playoff team? Do the Yankees get in the playoffs of this move? And I say Absolutely. I think they're I don't I don't know if they're better than the Rays or the Orioles, but I think they're definitely better than the Blue Jays. They're obviously better than the Red Sox. They're better than any, they're better than anyone in the Central. And uh I, I think I think they are gonna be one of the playoff teams uh going into next year. I think the Yankees will make the playoffs next year because of this move. Yeah, they absolutely they should. You know, um you know, you worry about kind of the health. Stan hasn't been healthy. I know Soto played all 162 games last year. I don't think the Yankees are gonna allow him to do that this year. Um, you know, judge, I know he kind of had the foot problem there and that was kind of a wacky situation running a wall there. So, you know, you hope, you hope, um, he, he stays on the field as well. Cause he made such a different, he was such an impact guy. And I think the thing that helps him too is judge too. Like he didn't really have anybody consistently behind him last year where you're really terrified of And Now that you have Juan Soto, now he's going to have to see better pitches because if you do walk them, now you got Soto up with a guy on. So that I think is going to help judge out as well, which I think is going to be big. And it was, yeah, it was great to get Soto because, uh, look, they have not had too many lefty hitters the last couple of, you know, they've had Rizzo, Gallo, Stonk, and they've been looking for a left fielder for two years. And, you know, that's, and they finally got one. And, uh, you know, he's going to be fun to watch and, you know, excited to have see him and um, Aaron Judge. Yeah, just, you know, hit back to back. It's is going to be a lot of fun and makes like the first inning especially kind of must watch. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, it'd definitely be fun to see those guys in that lineup. And and, and, the, and the next question is for the Yankees: Should they be the favorites to win the AL East? I think got to improve that rotation. They got to improve the rotation because because behind Cole you have Rodon, you got Schmidt, you got Cortez, but Rodon and Cortez missed a lot of time last year. Depth in the rotation was a outside of the outside of the lineup, depth in the rotation was definitely a weakness for that Yankee team. Now Garrett Cole was best season as a Yankee last year, but depth in the rotation was definitely an issue for the Yankees last year. So I I definitely think I definitely think uh that I I think they'll be a playoff team, but I just I can't say they'll they should be the favorite to win the AL East unless they make another move, which will get to the guy who they're rumored to get to, to get as well. But yeah, but I, I don't think they are the uh I don't think they're the favorite to win the AL East. I'm still going to give that to Baltimore or Tampa. Probably give it to Baltimore right now. Yeah, I'm with you. I got Baltimore ahead of the Yankees right now. Um, I know, you know, Baltimore won't have uh, um, this year their stud stud uh, closer, you know, having Tommy John. But they got, but, they got Craig Kimbrell, yeah, though. Yeah, Craig Kimbrell, yeah. Which I don't love 
Hater's from Maryland. Like, he probably would have signed in Baltimore. I know. They should have gone after him. Yeah. Again, that, that's another issue that Baltimore's got to unfortunately face. So, yeah, I got Baltimore still ahead of him. Most of that team's coming back, and I'm with you. I still worry about that rotation because outside of Cole, Rodon wasn't healthy last year. Cortez had two soldier injuries last year. Um, Schmidt was good, but, like, he ain't going more than five innings. So that puts – that's eats into your bullpen. Luis Hill had Tommy John two last year. Does he – he's probably got a guy that's going to – you know, things go well at spring training. I think he's kind of on track to be back. This year, like, he's maybe your fit. He's probably going to have to be your fifth guy. And he look, he's looked good at times. But, you know, we'll see kind of what happens there. But I'm with you. It's kind of the rotation. It's still very concerning to me at the moment. Oh, absolutely. It, it definitely is. It's the biggest concern. It's, right now, it's the biggest concern. The bullpen, even though they lost Michael King, is still good. The lineup should be should definitely be improved with Soto. Yeah, the pitching is definitely going to be the uh, the big the big weakness the, the big weakness, and this leads us to our next uh, our next question. We got Yamamoto out there as a free agent. Is Yamamoto next for the Yankees? Is he next? Will Yamamoto be next? And I think the way Cashman has been uh, willing to willing to make moves this offseason, I know it's close between them and the Mets. But I think I think he outbids Cohen, Cohen, and I think he gets Yamamoto. I think he was so tired of the season yet. Cashman was so t- uh, upset about the season they had last year. I think they go out and get Yamamoto. I think Yamamoto does go to the Yankees. I yeah, I'm very torn right now. I do think the Mets. He probably ends up. I'm gonna say he ends up with the Mets, just because the Mets need so much help too. Where I just I don't like unless for some reason the Mets outbid him and he really wants to be a Yankee, which I've heard. I don't know if he's a Yankee fan, but he likes kind of the, you know, the um, the Yankees kind of success, kind of always striving for greatness, kind of, you know, World Series or bust mentality. Because I guess that's the type of guy he is. Like, you know, and he kind of he thrives in those kind of opportunities. So maybe even the Mets outbid him. Maybe he ends up still coming into play for the Yankees. But, um, you know, I think uh, I, I just think the Mets, and he, I think even the Dodgers are still in play for him too. Oh, they are. They are. Too, I think it's, I think might... it's the Yankees, the Yankees, and Mets, and Dodgers are the top three. Yeah. So, like, Dodgers could sneak in there. Now they got all that money with, with Otani. I think it's going to be tough. But, um, you know, again, he seems like a stud. The only thing I worry about with him is he's 5'10. Like, I, I feel like it could be like Tim Lithicum. That guy was on, you know, first class trip to the Hall of Fame. And then his arm just failed him. That's the only thing I worry about. Like, after four or five years, is his arm going to be able to hold up or is he going to be like another Tim Lithicum? And he's just unpitchable. That's the only concern with him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But yeah, but I'll tell you, whatever team gets him, if the Mets get him, even though, even though they lost uh, their Marinacci, they were one of their young, their young third base Marinacci, they would have a chance to, they'd have a chance to get to the playoffs. If the Dodgers get him, that would even probably elevate them to maybe the favorite to win the world to win the World Series. And if the Yankees get him, I think we might have to revisit that AL East conversation because they would definitely get closer to being the favorite to win the AL East. Yeah, they, they absolutely would because that, that that's the number two. And if Rodon can get anywhere near where he where he was in San Francisco, that's a great one, two, three punch. Cortez is a free agent after next season, which could be a concern. But like if he could kind of return to the guy he was a couple years ago, that's an awesome one, two, three, four. And Clark Schmidt is a fine. Like if he's the number five, that's I'll take that any day of the week. So yeah, it would, you know, again, all those guys gotta stay healthy, but it would be nice. And I know the other rumor too, which I know originally he's supposed to like people thought 150 to 200 million he was going to get. Now it sounds like he's going to get up to 300 million. Wow, so wow. it's going to be a lot of money. So 
Now, hopefully the Yankees do land them, but yeah, they could somehow get them. Yeah, they're going to be right there. Favorite, one of the favorites right there, right there with Baltimore for the AL East uh, Abs- favorite. Absolutely. 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 Yeah, they'll be right there with the Orioles if they get Yamamoto. But that is going to wrap it up this week on Sports Talk with RJ for Justin Afrio. I am Steve Risser. We will be back next week talking about uh, week 16 in the NFL. And we'll be talking about the Christmas Day games in the NBA. Have a great weekend, everyone. Jones on first down, wide open, it's Barkley. And Saquon Barkley will take it into the end zone. Your best ability is is availability. Saquon Barkley, he's great when he's on the field. But the problem is, since 2018, he hasn't been healthy for this team. Look at this. They lob it to him. He taps it in off the glass. How about that? Porter Moser, I think right now, is the best coach of college basketball. Hands down. Finch, two for three. He's done his part. Pitch is drilled to deep right field toward the poles, and it is gone. They don't mind not being what they were in the 90s as the best organization in baseball. Because the Yankees are not. They're even close to the best organization in baseball. They're trying to be the Rays, and the Rays do this for a reason. Like, you're the Yankees.